Our second uh, scripture text is from Isaiah, verses 11. I think what it says in your bulletin is 6 to 9, but we've added a few verses. So we're going to read 1 to 10, and the slides will catch up when we get to verse 6. So Isaiah 11, 1 to 10, I invite you to listen uh, for the word of the Lord. A shoot shall come out from the stump of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear, but with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall destroy the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt around his waist, and faithfulness the belt around his loins. The wolf shall live with the lamb, the leopard shall lie down with the kid, the calf and the lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. The nursing child shall play over the hole of the asp, and the weaned child shall put its hand on the adder's den. They will not destroy or hurt on all my holy mountain, for the east will be full, or for the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the earth. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Back in the 70s, my sister's first embroidery project was a large scene of the peaceable kingdom. And the finished product hung over the piano in our den for about 20 years after that. Although it wasn't particularly a thing of beauty, it somehow felt calming to think of animals who are usually scared of each other settling down and appreciating each other's company. It's not hard, it's hard not to feel a sense of longing for a world at peace. When we picture the scene described in our scripture this morning about the wolf and the lamb, the calf, and the lion, and all the other animals lying down together, a little child in the midst of them, it just feels like Advent. While the vision is beautiful, when we look at the world around us, it seems so unlikely as to be almost laughable. When I was sad about nightly on the news seeing footage of the war in Iraq, It was therapeutic to me to do a couple of pastel drawings of a lion and a lamb at peace. I put them out in the narthex today. Some of you have seen them before, and while they're really not my best artwork, I keep them in my office because they remind me of Isaiah's vision 
and the promise of God's peace. A rabbi who was a dear friend of mine was once looking at those drawings in my office and asked if I had heard of the zoo in Israel where a lion and a lamb lie down together in the same pen. I looked at him wondering at the possibility when he added, of course they put a new lamb in the pen every day. It took me longer than it should have to know he was joking. I don't have to tell you that the daily news sometimes gets completely overwhelming with stories about things like war and violence, corruption, poverty, human trafficking, disease. In the face of all these tragedies and the challenges that I know many of you have faced in your lives, it is clear that we live in a not so peaceable kingdom. When Isaiah describes this vision of peace, he is actually in the middle of a war zone. For 40 years, Egypt and Assyria have been taking turns pummeling the Hebrew people. Think of all the children who grew up learning how to defend themselves instead of playing. Think of all of those children that never knew if they should live in fear of the next attack. The prophet looks around him. He sees the devastation, not only of human life, but the landscape with trees burned down and the smoldering stumps left after war. And as he looks over the wasteland, he starts to notice something I'll bet most of you have seen in the woods at some point in your life, a new shoot growing out of an old decaying stump. He takes it as a sign. To him, the stump represents the dying kingdom of David, and the green sprig is a new symbol of hope. As we look at history, it seems as though the fulfillment of Isaiah's hope, at least, was the new king Hezekiah. Yet Christians have always looked back at this story and also seen the prefiguring of Jesus Christ. To us, he is the promise of new life, even when everything seems barren and lifeless. When Christians look at Isaiah's vision of the peaceable kingdom, we see Jesus as the little child of whom the prophet speaks, the one with poor parents who was born in a barn among the farm animals. Through his life, he would embody the meaning of peace. You may have noticed that our worship team, with a special guidance from Janet, has put bunches of nativities a little just before you get into the coffee corner for all of us to enjoy. And every year when we get out our nativity scenes and imagine the soft hay and the light of the stars, it gives us a little bit of a sense of peace. Despite the turmoil, the stress, or the grief that can sometimes just turn our lives upside down, when we open our hearts, the peace of Christ can live in us. Silent night, holy night, all is calm, all is bright. Sleep in heavenly peace. Only most of the time, we see more conflict than peace in the world, don't we? There is tension between the serenity of Isaiah's vision and the daily realities we face. I don't see animals or nations or even some particular neighbors having a nap in the meadow together anytime soon. Edward Hicks, who lived from 1780 to 1849, was a Quaker minister and a painter. He is known for creating over a hundred paintings called the Peaceable Kingdom. 
in his whole lifetime. His earliest paintings were of soft, fuzzy animals. They were inviting. The animals are nuzzling each other. They usually have wide eyes like they are just surprised and excited about what is happening. And there's always that rosy-cheeked little child in there. Then in the 1820s, a severe rift formed within the Quaker Society of Friends. And Hicks' anxiety and his frustration worked their way into his paintings. In one of them, there's a split, shattered tree that represents those factions. In his later years, as Hicks became a little more cynical and a little less hopeful, the animals in his painting started to look kind of exhausted and tense, and a few even bared their teeth. It seemed that throughout his life, the idea of the peaceable kingdom haunted and drove this man of faith giving rise to both hope and despair as he considered how impossible it seemed. Yet in his sadness over the not-so-peaceable kingdom of the world, he said that he clung ever more tightly to his hope in Christ. The artistic minister was struggling with the tension between the already, that Christ has already come to us, is already in our hearts and we see Christ active in the world, and the not yet of Christ's kingdom, a kingdom of which we catch a glimpse now and then on this earth while we look forward to the kingdom to come. How do we live between those two times? Well, first of all, we recognize the fact that peace does not always mean quietness, acquiescence, absence of any conflict, especially in the face of injustice. That would be a false peace. The prophets were called by God to speak out, and so are we, because our silence can perpetuate the problem. Jesus calls, up to stand up, calls us to stand up for those who have no voice, to speak out about injustice when people are being treated unfairly, when basic human rights are being trampled, when bigotry and hate speech run rampant, when grinding poverty or medical needs go unmet. In the fourth chapter of the Gospel of Luke, Jesus says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim the release to the captives, the recovery of sight to the blind, to set free those who are oppressed. As important as the quiet and serenity of God are to the human spirit, Sometimes, peace means making some noise. Perhaps that's why the prophets were so loud, and even Jesus got up in the face of the clergy of his day. He couldn't be silent when he saw religious leaders choosing the status quo, sanctioning people's pain by their silence, shunning those who didn't follow their narrow interpretation of the rules that didn't leave room in them for compassion and love. In Advent, we hear scriptures about the need for us to wake up, to stop peacefully sleeping through Christ's call to do something in this world, to do the things Jesus calls us to do, even when they seem disruptive or not particularly welcome. I have a retired pastor friend and several other Christian friends who went on buses to the South during the civil rights marches when nonviolent protests were met with violence. One of them still lives with the injuries of that time. 
Plenty of people just wanted them all to be quiet. Let it all go away and keep the peace. Wouldn't that be better? But would that have really been peace? Recently, there has been a disturbing rise in anti-Semitism in this country. You may remember back in 2018 when a man attacked a synagogue in Pittsburgh and 11 people died. This hit home for the Muslim community in Quebec, Canada, because a year earlier, six people were killed when someone attacked the Islamic Cultural Center there. After that tragedy, Christians and Jews had formed something they called rings of peace around mosques all over Canada, standing together shoulder to shoulder, sending the message to their Muslim neighbors that they would help to keep them safe, sending a message to the world that hatred and violence would not be tolerated. And so the next year, after hearing about the attack on the synagogue, Muslims all over Canada formed similar rings of peace around the synagogues. The clear message was, we're here for you. One of the organizers, Fatima Sajan, said, we're all facing common hate and intolerance. It's not just up to the Jew Jewish community to solve anti-Semitism. We have to recognize that these issues are common forms of hatred, and we'll be working together to address the hate. Time and again, I've heard comments like, the hatred between Palestinians and Israelis will never change, so why should anybody ever try to do anything? And yet I have seen firsthand amazing inroads to peace by courageous people of faith from both sides. We hear people saying this, that, or the other conflict or problem or injustice can't be helped or solved, so why waste time? Of course, making a difference can seem impossible, but as Nelson Mandela, who did much to end apartheid in South Africa and then to mend the soul of its people, said, it always seems impossible until it's done. Whether you were a fan of hers or not, or even remember her, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright said something important for us to hear about what we are doing in Advent. She happened to be speaking at a Presbyterian church at the time. She said, there are different ways of waiting in Advent. There is waiting without carrying hope within ourselves, sitting waiting for salvation to come from the outside. And there are those who wait with faith and who fight for truth, even when they are defeated and beaten back a hundred times. This is the kind of waiting that sends forth seeds out of which change and progress may one day grow. The difference is between waiting for lilies to appear that have never been planted and doing your utmost to help good seeds have nourishment in rocky soil. Friends, we all need the peace of quietness and calm in a world that can sometimes swirl noisily around us, but we also need more than that. We need the life-changing peace of Christ that calls us to step out of what seems cozy and comfortable and to work for meaningful peace in our world, maybe sometimes even to make a little noise. We are called to wake from our tendency to sleepwalk through this life so that our words and our actions proclaim what the Prince of Peace has revealed to our hearts. How many times... Have you seen God's love show up where you least expected it?
How many times have you been the one to show up with that unexpected love? A peaceable kingdom. While we don't expect lion and lambs to lie down together unless one of them is supper, we also trust that when the kingdom of God is fully realized on this earth, the whole creation will be transformed by the peace of Christ. After all, with God, all things are possible. This Advent, may we get a glimpse of that kingdom and live in ways that help others to see it as we give praise to God for a peace beyond our understanding. Amen.